Good morning, Harbor City Church. Good morning, friends, family members that are tuning in online. Um, I'm Pastor Stephen. I'm, I'm the pastor of our church and so excited to be here with you to announce to you what you've heard already, but that Jesus is risen. Jesus is risen. Our church building is empty, and so is the tomb where Jesus' body lay. That's the good news of Easter. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus today. Resurrection does not mean that Jesus flatlined and was brought back to life. No, no, no. Resurrection means that Jesus passed through death and into eternal life. Jesus' resurrection does not mean that Jesus went into the tunnel of death only to return, but no, no, no. Jesus passed all the way through death, through the tunnel of death, and he came out the other side. He was raised bodily in our history. Jesus is the first person in all of human history to live body and soul forever on the other side of death. Jesus is risen indeed. And we need this news now more than ever before because it gives us hope and it gives us strength, especially today when the coronavirus has made such a huge impact on our lives. I mean, there is so much damage Right? The virus has plundered our future. Right? It is, the financial markets are down 30%. Retirement accounts are depleted. This virus has also plundered our present. Over 16 million unemployment claims have been made in our country because of this. And we're locked in our homes. Um, it's plundered our freedom, and it's everywhere. It's across our country and across the whole world. And this virus is plundering the things that make us feel safe, our health, our wealth, our comfort, and our security. Author Miroslav Volf said this. He said, when a bacterial or a viral pandemic like COVID-19 breaks out, the social pandemic of fear is not far behind. That's partly because when we see others fearing, we catch the malady of fear ourselves. And so for so many people, it, uh, the virus has plundered our hope and our joy. And we were talking about these things in a staff meeting last week. And during that meeting, Chad said something that was absolutely brilliant. He said this. He said, you know, there's poetry in the name of the virus. Corona means crown. And this virus is a king with a kingdom. I think he's right. In just a matter of months, this king has conquered much of the world, and it has defeated so much that we love. This king virus has brought a kingdom that dominates us, and its kingdom has brought fear. It has brought sickness and death and anxiety. It's brought unemployment. It's brought isolation. Anger and frustration are on the rise. It exacerbates political war. People don't trust each other, and all of us are infected in one way or another, either by the virus itself or by its kingdom impact on us. It has stolen so much from us, and the virus, it uses people to further plunder the world. It has messed up our lives. It has messed with our incomes. It has messed with our families and our futures. It is plundering our lives. And I think describing this virus as a king 
and its impact as a kingdom is helpful because it opens up a better window for us to better understand Jesus and the people who follow him. There's a place in the Bible where it describes the Christians during the time of Caesar's reign in the first century, um, during Caesar's reign in the Roman Empire, in Acts chapter 17, verse 7, uh, it says this about Christians. It says, they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. And so the followers of Jesus, they lived differently in the Roman Empire uh, because it's because they were following a different king, Jesus. They believed that God had made Jesus the world's true king. And this seemed crazy to the people of the Roman Empire, just like it seems crazy to some people today to think that there is a king above all other kings, that God has established one person to be the leader over every other power in the world. The early Christians believed that Jesus was king even over Caesar. Um, they believed that, um, and, and these Christians, they were good citizens in this. They went above and beyond. They went to extraordinary lengths to care for their communities, to care for the most vulnerable in their communities where they lived, but they were committed to following Jesus as their true king. And so, what would King Jesus say to King Virus today? What good news does Jesus have to offer to the world living under the tyranny of King COVID-19? I think the answer is, Jesus says today, you don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in fear. Trust me, and I will provide for you. I will take care of you. Jesus says, I am stronger than this virus. You don't have to be controlled by it. In fact, your relationship with me gives you purpose. It actually gives you responsibility that's even greater in difficult times. And so the bigger trouble that is in your life, the bigger the difference is that I, as the risen Lord, will make in it. And this sounds great. It might sound great to you. It might sound crazy to you, but like these are just words, right? I mean, how can words from Jesus overpower the kingdom of this virus? And it's because Jesus is risen. It's because Jesus is risen from the dead. I mean, yes, king virus can kill you, but the resurrected Jesus has passed through death and come out the other side. King Jesus has taken the worst that this world can throw and he has taken it all and he is still standing. He was crucified, but now he is raised. And so Jesus says, I have come out the other side, follow me and I will bring you through death and into what's beyond. And so, what does resurrection say to viruses? It says, in the end, virus, you lose. In the end, you cannot stand. Jesus is God's proof of life beyond. Jesus is the way through sickness and death. Jesus is the way through fear and uncertainty. All of that was piled on Jesus. 
all of things that would be, that, that are fearful, everything that is uncertain was piled on to Jesus and he took it and he bore it and the cross was the culmination of it all. It was the climax of his suffering. And when you believe this, and when you follow Jesus, he gives you his power. He fills you with something that the Bible just says, it's like new life. It's like new life. It, it gives you power. It changes what you see, and it lets you see God in the midst of everything. And I've got to tell you, friends, this power, it's alive in our church family. And I want to share with you some stories that come from our life groups. Our life groups are, are our small groups that meet now virtually throughout the city. And Kim Elliott is one of our life group leaders. And her life group shows us how King Jesus works to dethrone King COVID. And so watch this. Good morning, Harbor Church, and happy Easter. What a blessing that we have hope in Jesus. I don't know about you, but during this kind of dark and strange time, I've been relying on his promises more and more every day. And uh, for me, I've been at home for four weeks working remotely, and I've managed a small team of people. I'm in a very new job, so I've had a lot of anxiety about just getting the hang of things and then having to go home. The remote technology is so stressful for me, and just the virus itself. I'm worried about my parents and, and other loved ones. So. I wanted to say that out loud because I think a lot of people are feeling the same way and it's helped me a lot to talk to other friends and reach out and, and hear everyone else's stories and how they're coping. So I just want to encourage you to do that. And um, big blessing in my life it has been our life group during this time. We've actually grown at a time when you would think that we might be losing people. We've added women uh, that can now join us remotely because they either live too far away or have babies and haven't been able to come or have health issues and have to stay home. So now virtually we can all meet and see each other. And it's just been so joyful. I can't even describe it. I, I guess we just miss each other so much or uh, for me, I live alone, so the, my life group is the highlight of my week. And uh, Jesus has just shown up in so many ways. We have one woman that is um, at high risk, and so she's been staying at home, and other women in the group have been getting her groceries. Uh, we have a group text that I, which is how I notify every uh, one of the <clears throat> meetings coming up, and. It's just a great opportunity to send out a quick prayer request or let someone know what's going on in your life. And I just know that those women are dropping what they're doing that moment and lifting their hearts and eyes to heaven and praying for me or whoever needs prayer at that moment. And it's just been such a great way to keep connected during this time. Also, we're doing an amazing study right now about uh, learning more about our biblical worth. And it's almost like, well, of course, God knew this time was coming up, but I think the study that requires so much introspection and real thoughtfulness, 
that you need time to do, and we have more time now, has really created some rich conversations during our life group and some very honest and uh, bold discussions. So that's just been so wonderful and has, I think, really drawn us closer together. So I just encourage you to reach out if you're feeling like I am, um, call somebody or reach out to somebody in the church. It helps a lot uh, just to stay connected with people. So be well, and I can't wait to see you again soon in, um, in person. There is another king, Jesus, and Jesus conquers quarantine. I mean, it's amazing, right? Kim's group is bigger through the pandemic. It is going deeper. It is more connected through the pandemic. King virus brings separation and isolation, but King Jesus brings growth, new people, deeper conversations, greater connection. This is Jesus' resurrection power in them. And this is what Jesus offers. When you follow him, this is what happens. Uh, next, I want to introduce you to Bill and Dana McCurin. They are also leading a life group, and some there's been a significant change for them. Let's let's watch and listen. We have we love our life group. We had wanted young people, and uh, another group had wanted uh, older people, which we definitely are. And we have come together and uh, are dealing with life's issues through the gospel. And it's been wonderful to see, uh, to talk about issues of child rearing, issues of our parents parents getting divorced, and, and issues for people who have no parents. So uh, we're all at different stages in our lives and we are uh, intermingling and encouraging each other uh, in those issues with each other and for each other, which has been really wonderful. Well, our, our life group has been together for about seven years and um, so uh, our, our average age is 150 and we kept praying for young people to join our group and then we found out that there were the P Pekarski group wanted some older people for uh, wisdom. I don't know if they got the wisdom but they got some older people <laughs> uh, so it really it really works out well from I think we were a little nervous uh, would we be able to relate, uh, would people feel comfortable, and it, it was wonderful from the first day. Uh, and our average age now in the group is 85, and we thank the young people for bringing that age down. I love our life group. It is so fun to be part of it and to get these varying perspectives around the Word of God. So thank you. Bye-bye. Friends, there is another king, Jesus. And with Jesus, we grow in community. We celebrate our diversity. Jesus works differently in all of us. And we get to learn from each other. We learn about Jesus as we see how he's working in each other's lives. Well, finally, I want to I introduce you to, uh, I want you to hear from Kevin and Aubrey. 
Um, they've made a really difficult decision about Kevin's work, and Jesus has been working in their lives to bless them and to make them a blessing to others. Let's watch them. My name is Kevin, and I want to discuss a testimony where there's been a considerable amount of anxiety as a result of fear in my life the last six months. And there's going to continue to be over the next six months to two years as a result of this uncertainty. So six months ago, Aubrey and I together uh, made a decision to walk away from a potential dream job for me. And what led me to this decision was um, we realized that someone else will take the role at this job and they're going to do great at it where I realized that no one else is going to be able to be the father to our kids to the extent that, that I want to be and that I'm called to be. And I could not be the father that I wanted to be in this new job. But in doing this, I had to relinquish complete control and trust in God through this process. But this wasn't easy, and it's going to continue to be difficult uh, over the next six months to two years as a result of chaos um, of this uncertainty. But in this chaos, we realize that God brings us confidence and courage because Jesus tells us that he's in control and that we can trust in him. And then practically speaking, I have to remember to invite Jesus into these conversations and to walk this path with us. And I'm Aubrey, and I'm just going to share a testimony about how the Lord's working through our life group. Um, Kevin and I lead a life group and we don't, I don't necessarily feel equipped or adequate to lead a life group because of the heavy stuff that people are going through right now in light of the coronavirus season. We have people who've lost their job. We have people whose parents are dying. We have two small children in a small space that's pretty messy every week. Um, but every week I just tell myself I'm going to show up. I try to step out in faith and we try to lead the conversations oriented around scriptural truths and through our conversations I see growth and I see love and I see grace being experienced um, by people in the group and I personally experience it because every week I'm reminded of how the truths of the Bible apply um, to my life directly in areas that I never would have thought about and that gives me peace and hope and joy in times that don't make any sense. And it's because of my brothers and sisters in Christ who show up to the life group every week and are helping me see these truths in our weekly conversations at life group, which I just happen to lead, but not because I'm perfect or because I'm strong enough. And honestly, before life group, it can be pretty uncomfortable when I'm anticipating everyone coming over. But um, God is blessing my faith and he's making good out of the uncomfortable and purpose out of the uncertainty every week through our life group. So good, friends. There is another king, Jesus. And Jesus is more powerful than king career. Um, Kevin and Aubrey, they made some hard decisions and the resurrected Jesus is with them. And they have found confidence and courage in their uncertainty. And as they step out in faith, week after week, they're experiencing growth. And, and God is using them to help others to grow too. This is the resurrected King Jesus alive in them.
There's an author, uh, pastor, Kevin DeYoung, and he said this. It's so encouraging to us at a time like this. He says, no virus can change the number of days that God has written in his book for us. No virus can make the word of God untrue. No virus can undo the work of Christ on the cross. Friends, this virus can't put Jesus back in the grave. He is alive forevermore. He is risen and he is victorious and he is king over all. If we follow him, his promises that he, he promises that he will bring us through suffering and even through death and into eternity with him. And when you believe this, something new is born inside of you. Something new comes alive in you. You become new. Um, and there's this one place, it's my favorite place in the whole Bible that talks about people who are trying to follow Jesus. It says this, it says in Hebrews 10 verse 34, it says, you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property. You, you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. So he's writing to people, they were oppressed, they were abused, they were taken advantage of, and they didn't care. Man, this verse stretches my own heart. There's something inside of me that wants justice when other people do something wrong, but these folks, they just didn't care. They joyfully accepted the plundering of their property. And it's because they knew that they had eternal possessions that no one could take away. They had an eternal inheritance that no one could touch. And so these people in Hebrews 10, they were so confident in the future. And it's because Jesus' resurrection was Jesus entering into their future so that they could joyfully part with anything this world has to offer. Are you stressed and anxious about the present? Are you stressed and anxious about your work, about your business, about your finances? Jesus says, give me your life. Don't bow to the fear. Trust me and I will lead you into eternity. When you know his love, it loosens your grip on the goods of this world, and it gives you joy. Last week, um, or this last week, um, I watched this a movie, it's called Silence, directed by Martin Scorsese. It's about missionaries to Japan in the 1600s. And here's a quote from one of the missionaries. He said this, the Japanese officials told our priests to abandon God and the gospel of his love. But not only did they refuse to apostatize, they asked to be tortured so they could demonstrate the strength of their faith and the presence of God within them. And their goods were plundered and they saw it as the greatest chance to show their faith in Jesus, that they were living for something else, for God who was worth everything even their own lives. And so believing in the resurrection, it gives you new life. You can say, look, I don't know what's going to happen. 
but I don't have to know. Because I know the one who has it all in control. I know the one who is powerful enough to work good in everything so that even my suffering, even when things happen that I wish didn't happen, that I don't want to happen, even when those things happen, God is with me and he is bringing good out of it. I know this for sure because Jesus is risen. Man, this is hope. This is joy that our suffering becomes an opportunity for me to show his power that it's strong enough in me to stand up under even this. And this is an invitation both to folks that aren't Christian to come and to believe in Jesus and to follow him. But it's also an invitation to us who are already walking with Jesus because we fail at times. There are times we screw this up. Pastor Curtis Chang said this. He said, I don't fully internalize this hope that Christ conquered death and we who follow him participate in the hope of the resurrection. My anxiety reveals the part of my heart that hasn't quite been converted to that truth. I love that. I love that. My anxiety reveals the part of my heart that hasn't quite been converted to that truth. But when I'm anchored in this, truly anchored, I can love others with confidence because Jesus loves me. And so I can open my heart in generous love, in forgiving love, because that's the love Jesus has given me. When I'm anchored in this reality, I can serve others generously with confidence because Jesus served me. And again, this produces something new inside of us that feels like it's like being born all over again. Last night, um, just a few of us were gathered here to set up the service, me, Ben, AJ, Adrian, and uh, afterwards, last night, I was going home from church and just literally driving north on 16th Street, and, you know, the F Street light is right there. Well, there was a bus that was turning left off the freeway to go south on 16th, and I was in the left lane. And as the bus turned, I thought, huh, wait, this angle seems off. I don't think the bus is going to make this turn. And then I thought, wait, hold on. It's my car that's in the way of the bus making the turn. And you know how sometimes, like, it seems like life just sort of moves into slow motion and you can think all kinds of things in a, in a split second. Well, that's what was happening for me last night. I was like, oh my goodness, the bus is getting closer. Oh my goodness, the bus, I think it's gonna hit me. Unless the bus radically turns, like I know I would, I would have to get around this and the bus just kept getting closer and closer and then all of a sudden it hit me. And I'm like, oh my goodness, a bus is hitting my car. It's hitting me. And I was parked and the bus was going like five miles an hour. So it wasn't really going, it wasn't going fast. But then the bus stopped, and I looked over, and the lady who was driving the bus, she looks at me, and she was horrified. And I opened the door, and she goes, did I hit you? And I said, yeah. And I walked to the front of the car just to check out the damage. And she goes, is there damage? And I said, yeah, but you know what? It's fine. And I, but I looked back at her, and the look on her face, she was mortified. She was horrified. And she goes, I have to write up what I did. Like, I've got to report this. 
And I looked at her. And this is probably because we had just finished setting up for the service. I don't know. The Spirit of God was in my heart. I looked at her and I just said, you know what? Tomorrow's Easter. Jesus is risen. You are forgiven. Go in peace. And she just was like, she didn't know what to do. And like that look of like mortification on her face, like this little smile kind of peeked out and she, she just said, thank you. And we drove off. Friends, Jesus is risen. All our sins are forgiven. If you come to him, he'll forgive you whether it's the first time or if it's the 101st time, come to Jesus. Man, all of the slate has been wiped clean. Everything we've ever done wrong has been swept up in his blood, in his death. He has taken the punishment for our sins so that we would go free. Won't you come to him today? Won't you bow the knee to King Jesus and leave King Virus, leave King Fear, leave the anxiety, leave the guilt of your sin and find love in King Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, you put this love in our hearts. We wouldn't know to love like this except for you because of the way that you have loved us. When we didn't deserve it, you gave your life. When we were guilty, God, you came and you took our pain, you took our anxiety, you took our sin. And you offer forgiveness. Jesus, there's joy. There is new life. When you have loved us like this, everything changes. Thank you that our church is experiencing this. Thank you that you are conquering the pandemic. You are conquering fear and anxiety. And that you give us hope and joy in the present that will last forever. Jesus, help those parts of our hearts that haven't yet been converted to this to come now, to bow our knee, knowing that you will care for us no matter what. And Jesus, there are those that are tuned in that don't know you. I pray that you would reach out and touch them. Will you help them to see your face, that when we come to you, you're not angry, but you have open arms, full of love, ready to embrace us, ready to say, it's okay. I understand, and I died for that. So you are forgiven. May we all, because you have loved us, Jesus, may we all live in freedom and in forgiveness. We pray this in your name. Amen.